Welcome to the My Camp Podcast here at Happy Camper Live. You are joining me today live here in the Girls HC, the place where all this stuff happens. And I'm really excited to introduce Cisco Mercado, the director of Camp Fire Alaska. And uh, welcome so much, Cisco. Welcome to my camp. Um, thank you for being here. Tell me exactly what what's your what is your role at camp? Is it camp? Fire Alaska or Camp Fire Alaska? Like, how did what's what's the pronet, pr, pr, the correct pronunciation of the camp? So it's Camp Fire Alaska. So Camp okay. Fire is two words. So we always try to do uh, Camp Fire. It's hard. Like when I first moved here and started to do, I would put one word out. Like, no, it's two words. So it's Camp Fire Alaska. Um, I am a program coordinator here with Camp Fire Alaska, so I do many different things. Um, I help oversee our after school, before after school program. In the summertime, I'm with our, what we call summer venture camp. And, um, but I've done many different things from our uh, camp at CMEO to our overnight camp, Camp K. Also have helped with our rural program. So I've done many different things here at Camp Fire Alaska. Where are you from? Are you, are you a native of Alaska? No, I was born and raised in New York City, but I've lived in many different places and I've been in Alaska for 11 years now. So this is a different world um, than than being in New York, right? It is a very different world. Uh, if you've never experienced Alaska before, it's, it's, a, it's a world unto its own and it, it takes a lot. But once you get here, it's one of the greatest places to live. Did you come, did you move to Alaska for this, to, to, to be with Camp Fire Alaska? No, I moved here, um, I, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law is in the army, and so they got stationed up here, and I came for a visit, and next thing you know, I'm still here 11 years. Did you, um, did you go to camp as a kid in New York? No, we did not go to camp as a kid. So a lot of the where I fell in love with camp is working with Camp Fire Alaska. It's something that we did not view. And that's something we work on camp as a, um, I, you know, I grew up, you know, poor and, you know, I'm a person kind of, that was nothing that we never considered. And it was until, you know, getting to camp, learning about camp and falling in love with camp. It's something that we're trying to touch base on with a youth of color and, you know, just people making sure they understand that camp is not a risk person's uh, activity. Right. Well, the interesting thing that I learned about, or many interesting things about uh, Camp Fire Alaska, you know, it was started in 1913. It was the first youth organization in the state at that time. And I could imagine that at that time, and even now, um, you know, especially in 1913, that any sort of you know, being so rural, being so far away that that there was probably a huge need for youth programs at all at that time. You know, I can imagine that the, you know, the, the needs of kids in Alaska is a lot different than needs of kids, um, you know, in New York or where I am in Florida. So tell me a little bit about um, your camp, because like there's, you're, you're so unique in, in what you guys focus on and all about inclusivity. So give me a little bit of background um, about Camp Fire Alaska. So yeah, so Camp Fire Alaska, again, was founded in 1913. We were uh, all-girl camp. 
and it was Campfire Girls, it was originally called. And then the 1980s is when we uh, desegregated and included boys into it. Um, we do a lot of different things in the state of Alaska, and the needs is what we we meet the needs of our youth. Um, so during the school year, we run a before after school program um, because there's a great amount of needs with our parents who, you know, they have jobs, they need care before after school. And then in the summertime, we run four different summer camps. And those summer camps are tailored to meet each youth need. So you as a parent can pick what, what camp fits your youth. So we have our summer venture camp, which is, um, we're in the school building all day, but we operate as a camp. So we try to get the kids outside. We go on field trips and we do a lot of different things. And then we have our Camp Siomia, which is on the campus of APU. And they're outdoors all the time. It's basically a camp. The only difference is they get to go home at the end of the day. And then we have our Camp K program, which is our overnight camp uh, on Lake Kenine. And kids get to go experience camp. And then we have a rural program. And rural program is really one of those things that came out of a need for youth. So this is where we take we take our campfire program and go to the native villages and to bring campfire. And the reason why I started was um, the villages reached out to us because they had a, a crisis of youth drowning and they didn't know how to swim. So we brought campfire and taught youth how to swim. And that's how the rural program evolved. And it's a mainstay where we go and meet what the villagers need and help you know teach the young kids those specific skills and, and that they need to survive in those uh, native villages. Now these rural, when you're going out into you know rural Alaska, who, who are these families? Are they more of like local families? I mean, would you use the word, you know, you're saying villages, are they, um, you know, Native American or indigenous, like what would you, how would you characterize your, like the rural, I'm just curious, right. your rural population? No, no, that's great, it's a great question. And so it's a native population. So we say native, those are native indigenous people to Alaska. Right. Um, they're not called Native Americans, but they're called natives. And okay. um, so those are the population they live with. Um, and they, I, we say villages, but it's really communities, and they are spread throughout Alaska in many different parts. With and a lot of these areas are really hard to get gain access during this during the year. Like they have to, we have to take a special plane out to the villages. So we send up staff there to really bring um, the CAFI program to them, and we we spend a, like a week or so in, in in the village, and then they go to a different village, and so we have like. A, a number of different teams in the summertime going to these uh, villages and really engaging the youth and trying because most of these youth have never really stepped outside the villages and like we try to bring what we believe is our culture into the village and to bring the skills that I think they necessarily need to survive in those in, the, in that type of climate. Wow yeah because it's you know it's it's winter I mean it's it's during the school year you know, I, I, September to June, I'm, God, I live in South Florida. It's hot all the time. So I, 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 I just can't, you just can't get to those. You just can't get there because of snow and weather and, and ice and all of that. Wow. Right. So that in itself, the needs of those children are so different than what you would have in more of a, um, you know, a suburban metropolis, metropolis area. Wow. So I really love the mission of Campfire Alaska. Um, 
I have it here, so we'll make you memorize it. But it's um, and 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 you have this theme throughout the entire and through your whole website and all of your literature and the way you talk about it. It's something that I feel like it's you're very proud of. But it's every child will have the opportunity to discover the best in themselves and others in a fun, safe learning environment. And I feel like that's still very, very kind of basic. But when you really get into the nitty gritty, you know, you are, you you are accepting. You've you've you know race, religion, you add sexual gender, you've added all of this into your mission statement over the last however many years so that, that you're, you are including everybody, which is so important these days. Um, like I said, it was the first youth organization in the state, the first multiracial non-sectarian organization for girls in 1975. Um, yeah. So tell me about, so you have three programs. You have like, you really focus on your after your before and after care, and then your two summer programs. So can you talk to me a little bit more about your two summer programs? So our two summer programs is basically what we try to do is really bring camp to the youth. So the first one is uh, Camp Ceremonial, which they operate as a camp. It, it, they, they're outside, rain, cold, whatever, they're outside the whole day, and they're doing camp activities. Um, they have a fire roasting pit on the campus APU where they, they get together. We do nature hikes. We do games in, out in the wilderness. Um, they, you know, they 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 teach the kids how to do cooking activities with very limited supply, just like if they were camping. And um, then we have our Camp K program. Our camp so that's, K a day, program. that's a day camp, right? Like a day yeah. camp, like a home at night? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And then our Camp K is the overnight camp. And they are out there, depending on age. So we 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 have different age groups. So like the younger kids who are like five, six, they might only be there for like three or four days. And then we have our older program, and and they're out there for a week on our Lake uh, Kenan Lake. And there is really they get the total camp immersion experience. Um, they we do hiking, like we have a couple of mountains where the kids go up a hike. Um, I remember when I had to do it. And we got halfway up and I looked and, and the my my uh, camp person would look at me and say, like, do you want to go all the way up? I was already done. And and I but the kid was like, yeah, just go all the way up. And we had to go all the way up. And it was really fun. It was engaging. Um, we go out and we swim in the lake. They go canoeing on the lake and going in camp uh Lake Kenine, you would think it's warm because it's summer, it's not really warm. It's really no. like no, it's still cold. And so we're in Alaska. It's got to be cold in July. I cannot. Yeah. I yeah. cannot. So we have a like, so we, so when the kids go swimming, we have a sauna and the kids go like they, they went into the sauna, warm up and they go back in the water. And then when you, you see these kids just went back and forth just, just so they could heat up and so go back in the water. So what's the temperature of that water? Like what, what, you know, it, it, in the summertime, it's still probably 30 like most of the time, like 30 or 20 degrees and stuff like that. It's, it it doesn't get, it, it, it barely <laughs> is warm enough so there's no ice. And so we call it like a polar plunge in the summertime. And so the kids get a kick out of it. They go swimming all the time. They go canoeing on it. Um, and then, you know, even though we have our, uh, our camps where they go in and stuff like that, we do take them camping. So they go, we have tents, they go one night, they, they just go camping on the Lake Kenai. Lake so we really try to create an immersion program where every youth, 
no matter what the, your race, creed, or disability can experience camp. And I think it's vital because a lot of times we, you know, I didn't have a camp experience growing up. And so that's something like we learned that when a, a, a adult has a camp experience, they want their kids to, uh, to do it. So it, it, it creates generational love and nature and really getting like the kids in, in that deep passion to be out in the wilderness. Because I, I, I've i met a lot of kids working in this field who doesn't like to go outside, who don't want to be outside, but then when they go to camp, they love it and they want to do it again. And and that experience makes them want to bring their kids, when they have kids, to, to have that same experience. So this is one of the reasons why we're a very inclusive agency is because we want all kids to experience camp. And we try to really work with parents to help mitigate costs. We have scholarships. Uh, we have a, 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 a fee-based structure where we tell parents, we ask parents to pay what you can. There's no set fee. Like if you could pay the, the high amount, that's great. If you if you can, you, you, this is the low amount, you pay what you can. We want your child to experience camp. And that's to us is the most important thing about our program. It was like, we want kids to be, to find their spark and to be in a place where caring adults, where they could, they know they, they're loved, they're nurtured, and they have a, a opportunity to find their voice. So important. How many campers would you say um, receive like financial, financial aid? I would say in all our programs, I will say probably roughly uh, 75% we some type of aid. Wow. All right. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you're really, the fact that you're able to provide a camp experience when 75% of your percent of your kids need some sort of like financial assistance is incredible. It says a lot about your program and it says a lot about the support that you have from your community. I mean, you guys have been around since 1913. So even with your experience, do you have campers whose parents, do you have current campers whose parents went through the program too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of our, a lot of the kids who we have have had either grandparents, parents, and then themselves and stuff like that. So we all operate with some of our kids third generations that have experienced have been in campfire. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, we have first generation, second generation. Um, but it's really important for us, like with those first first generations, is to build for them to get that love and and. And because what we're hoping is that they get the, their kids into love, especially around communities of color, which is um, a hard area to do because, you know, a lot of, like I said, I'm a person of color, didn't experience camp, didn't go to camp, wasn't even an option. And right. that has, that, and that's a, a lot for people of color, you know, who are adults, they're fearful of sending their kids to camp. And so we break down those uh, barriers by, you know, financial aid, uh, we, um, help buy equipment if you know need to because we we know like once our kids experience camp then you you're going to get them to experience it and then it, it creates a cycle of we end the cycle where we we think of this as a white my white you know uh person activity or risk person activity we want this to be an inclusive activity where all people could get get involved and everybody has a chance to do this because what's so amazing, I feel like, about camp is that it really creates like a, a secondary safety net. I've said that before, like a, a secondary family for these kids. So, you know, it should it should be an opportunity that every every child should feel that they have like a, you know, a secondary network of 
family and friends and love and, and that safety net that they can go to. And I, and I see as, you know, I didn't grow up going to camp. I go to camp now. I'm um, go heading into my sixth summer as a division leader at, at my camp and I bring my kids, but I, one of the things that I noticed right away is that is there is that culture of camp that these kids who come back year after year, whose parents went, you know, this is, this is a secondary family for them. And, um, you know, what a blessing it is to have more love in your life, right? Whether it's campers or a counselor, or, you know, it's, it, it's hard. And, you know, you, you take it for granted. I think you, you think, oh, people live in Alaska. Oh, they're out, you know, it's nature. Like, you know, they're all outside, but, you know, not every kid wants to be outside. You know, they want to be on their, on their device. So regardless of where you, they live or where they're from, um, this, this outdoor nature camp experience, is just so priceless. You just cannot, you really can't put um, a price on it. So you've been in camp, Camp Fire Alaska for 11 years, you said, right? So you've, you've, you've have your own camp story. What are some of, what's one of your favorite, like this one time at my camp, like what's a really good, funny story? So uh, one year, so I went to Camp K one year and it was, you know, we have different programs, different um, groups. So this week with, it was the youth who had di uh, di diabetes. So we we are, we work with the Diabetes Foundation here and we bring youth for free and because the diabetes uh, organization pays for them to go to camp. And so I was there for a week and I was with the older kids and it was it was a, a kind of the divide between the some of the, the boys and stuff like that. And so... The, the other council came up with this great activity where they found two trees that were really close together and they tied wires around it and created a, a small enough hole where you have to carry the person from one side of, of, of the tree to the other side. So you had people, so you have to run around and I'm, I'm a big guy. And so they have to carry me to this hole. And, and, it was so funny because they, they got me halfway in and then also I fell and there was like campers underneath me, but we're all laughing. We all, we all choking out. And that experience really bonded us because we just, we were just laughing. It was like, we forgot all the problems that was going on in, the, in our group. And it was one of those things I, afterwards, we didn't have those problems and it was just like, we just had fun. And which is a goofy thing. Like, you know, trying to see like, uh, Eight 15 year old boys, 14 year old boys trying to carry me to these uh to these two trees. And it was just that that experience made me fall in love with camp. And because it's those experiences where yes, there were problems, stuff like that, but we were able to come together and just in a goofy city way where we just build a bond. And it's like, I still see some of those kids now and they talk about the time and, there's, and, just, and we just laugh. It's still funny. I, I still laugh. Just imagine me looking up and I can hear kids in the back of me like, just laughing. Just like, hey, you need to get up. I'm like, I'm trying to. And it was a, it was a fun experience. Would you say, so you've been with camp for 11 years. Was that, did that happen recently or was that a long time ago? That was four years ago, okay. four years ago. So what would you say, like when you first started working here, you know, you're new to Alaska, you're working for Campfire Alaska, like what, you didn't go to camp yourself. So what was that moment when you were like, you, where you felt like you really made a difference and you were like, yeah, this is good. This is my, this is my place. I'm going to do okay here. Yeah. 
So during the summers, my first few summers here, I we did our, what we call our center, uh, center program, where we go into this neighborhood and it's a low-income neighborhood, and we provide a free summer program for the youth. And so we got one day to take them to Camp K, which is our lake, you know, just for the day for them to experience it. And and I'm walking with the youth and like, and I'm like, and the youth are being loud and stuff like that. And I'm like, hold on, we gotta be quiet. There's bears and stuff like that. They're like, there's wild animals. And the, and the counselor's like, no, we want them to be loud. We want them and they were scared off. And during that experience that day, just seeing the kids like love camp. They wanted to do everything. They want, they even actually, they could stay overnight. And we was like, no, you can't stay overnight. We gotta take you home. Like, I don't think your parents will be upset. But they they were they jumped into the Lake Kenai. They uh did archery and just learned just seeing their faces do archery for the first time. Um, you know, they also got to go in the canoe and just seeing the light, and they had such a great day. They were so tired by then, they were all sleeping like in the first five minutes on the bus ride back. Um, but that's the day where I fell in love with campfire and camp because. Those faces of kids who never experienced camp before, they didn't know what it would look like, but they fell in love with it and they still talk about it. Like I still see some of those kids and it's, it's a monumental experience when you could see the change in a kid when it happens. That fricker when they, you know that you got them, they fell in love with camp and you know they're going to ask their parents, can I do this next year? I want to go next year. I want to do this. Why can't I do this? And it's just that it's those moments that I, as a counselor, program coordinator, I live for when I could see a kid light up because they found a spark or they found a past and they, they never knew and they just discovered it with us. Yeah, that is so special. So Camp K is your sleep away, your residential. And those sessions that you do, they're week longs, right? It depends on the age. So some of them is like three to five. And then our older kids is usually, uh, I would say a week to uh, 14, like a week or two, two weeks. It depends on the age because like we found like younger kids really can't do a whole week or two weeks because it's just so much for them. So we do three to five days for them. And as you get older, there's longer camps for you guys. But you see at one, at one point, like at, for one session, how many campers would you have at camp k at one period of time we we technically could do uh we have enough beddings and stuff like that for like close to i would say 100 to 200 kids wow. so we try to do like that many kids at, at a time and stuff like that so roughly between one to 200 kids per session but you're servicing 5,000 youth a year between mm -hmm. your before school after school your day camp 5,000 youth a year and 75% of them are receiving financial assistance. Like you are doing incredible work. All right. Um, New York is never getting you back. You know that, right? You're like, you're here forever. Yeah. That's incredible. What would be some of your returning campers? Let's talk a little bit about more like the traditions of campfire and get into a little bit of the fun stuff. Um, what would be like your returning campers? What's the one thing that they look forward to every year? So in, no matter what camp we do in, in, in any summer and stuff like that, we always do like a, a campfire got talent. And so this is the day where they they get to perform and do a skit or a service, and we do this every year, and and something that the our, our campus our kids love to do because they always do something better than what they did last year. And they remember that moment when they were on stage singing a song by themselves, and then all of a sudden they meet somebody and say, 
you know what, next summer, can we do it together? And then they do a duet and then it's a group. And that is a tradition that we do every summer, no matter what camp we do, it's always a camp I got talent. So we want our kids to sign uh, and be proud of who they are, be proud of their talent. Um, Top other things we do, um, we we go on field trips. Like we we try to get the kids out of their little pocket and explore um, areas that they never do. Do um, when I first started too, we had this uh, uh, this race where the the East Side will build their own um, canoe out of cardboard, and mm-hmm. and 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 then we put that on the lake. And it's a race between each different sites. Um, and it's a big event. It's, it's called the Boat Regatta. And you see campus cheering for their site. And it's so funny because half of you, most of the boats are, are, are done. And and you see a camp or try, like, a, or like a camp staff trying to hold on to their life to just finish it and stuff like that. But we do those type of things that every year we try to do and make it those moments where the kids can remember those moments and are so excited to come back next year because when we did the book with all the, the kids were like, okay, this is how we're going to build it next year. This is how we're going to make it stronger. And they had come up with ideas and stuff like that. And they're ready to go next year as soon as we start and we get the material, get the boxes, the tape. Um, it's those type of events that we try to do that makes it, like we try to bring new stuff in so it's, it doesn't get dull and repetitive, but those big events we try to really do so the kids have things to look for and they know what's coming. Those are your traditions, right? Those are your traditions. And hopefully those kids too, like they're staying engaged through the summer, planning their, or, or through the school year, planning their cardboard race for the summer and planning their campfire got talent, you know, through the school year for the following year. So, you know, it's, you might be doing it every week. So it gets a little tiring for staff, but for those campers, it's like, you know, how can we make it, how can we make it bigger and better? What are some, since it has such a long history, 1913, what are some of the tried and true Campfire Alaska traditions? Tried and true Campfire. I would say one thing that we always do is go on a hike. Just go on a hike and just going out in nature, just, you know, just, and then we're going and we're just having conversations. And it's like the most silly and goofiest conversation. And some of the best stories come on a hike. I remember one time we were hiking and there was a, a, a mama moose and two two uh, moose, uh, two her baby moose. And the kids were like, oh my God. And all of a sudden they saw fire us. And I'm like, I'm telling the kids, you got, we got to walk a little bit faster. We gotta walk. And they kept on fire. And then and then finally we got a spot where they passed us and stuff like that. But it's those adventures and those like small little tidbits, like they know they're going to go on a hike and they're going to go, we're going to talk about nature. Um, we're going to try to take them out to places they've never seen before. And really like one of the places we've been to the last few summers is our fish hatchery because um, we have a lot of fish population. So we have a fish hatchery and the kids get to learn how, the fish actually spawns this uh the salmon and they get learned about the eggs or that uh, you know the 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 cycle and it's one of those things where they could actually see fish coming up the stream uh, uh and and seeing that and a couple of times the bears they're trying to get fish but we're so high up we you know the like the bears don't cause us any trouble but it's those experiences that we really try to do that builds those 
the moment because what camp is at the end of the day is moments and why people fall in love is like moments like when grandparents and parents talk to kids about camp they talk about moments they talk about those things that they look back on fondly and they're hoping that their kids can gain those moments and that's what we try to do at the end of the day is build those moments because we we know at, you know if you're in camp for one week all, the whole week is not going to be great. There's going to be lows and downs. And stuff. We, we're working with kids. We understand that. But we could get them to feel, have a, a number of different moments that we know we, we got them and their lifelong, I would say, consumers of nature. And that's what we're trying to do. What I love is that um, it's simple and it's classic. You know, I could have asked you, what's your favorite tradition? And it could have been this like ceremony or, you know, all of this pomp and circumstance but really at the end of the day the tradition is just those moments that hike those conversations you know that's that's the important the little things you know the little things not the big things I think that is just so so incredible um all right so I would actually like would you like to play a camp game with me yes all right, great. So I'm going to invite you to play my favorite camp game called the seven second challenge. Are you familiar with the seven check second challenge, Cisco? Kind of, but I had the different rules. So all right, all right. So my rules are simple. Um, you will have seven seconds to complete a simple challenge. Are you ready? Yes. All right. First challenge: make up a word and define it. Poogie, poogie. Um, and I would say poogie is a type of animal that you see bury itself under the under on, on, under the ground. A poogie, because you never might not know what it is. So mm -hmm. it kind of like is a general term. I love that. I like that. But speaking of words, is there any sort of like um campfire Alaska like lingo or you know, language that only someone, only a camper or a staff would know? Yeah. So during the summer, we all have our camp names. Okay. And um, if you don't know, like, like during the school year, you know, everybody calls me Mr. Cisco, but in camp, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a monkey, a monkey. And so like, like, you know, parents would be like, why are you calling him monkey? He's Cisco. And like, it's still stuff like they won't know because we have camp names and that like, we, we try to make sure the kids don't know our real names because we want them to just be experienced with camp. Right. Are you monkey every year or is it change every year? It, it, it's monkey every year. I try to change it, but then then the kids get like, no, you're monkey. You're like monkey. You're like, it's 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 tradition now. Yeah. This is how you're monkey. All right. Um, how can if someone how can we support you? I'm you uh if someone wants to know more about Campfire Alaska or make a donation, how can we know more about um the amazing things you're doing? So I would say go to our website is www.campfireak.org. Um, there's, you learn a tough, uh, a number of different information about just, not just our camps, what programs we're doing, doing the before after school year about learning parts, which came out of COVID through, for our center programs, like how we help kids. And in that website, there's, um, our website would show you how you could make a donation. Like every donation goes to the youth. We provide them, like I said, scholarships um before after school doing going to camp um like i said 75 percent of our parents don't pay the total cost and we do that by grants um fundraising but donations and you know your donations going to make a kid have that moment where they go to fall in love with nature 
Yeah, and fall in love with camp and want to come back and share that experience with their friends and their children and 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 their relatives. So, Mr. Cisco Monkey, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate your time, guys. Thank you so much for joining me here on my camp. If you love camp and you want to know more about camp, please watch more of our podcasts. You can find them on the Happy Camper Live website on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or everywhere. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Cisco, thank you for coming and joining me in the HC today. And uh, we'll see you next time. I'll save us more for you. Take a moment to shine.